Welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast, supporting health professionals to realise a healthier future for Australians through connected healthcare. Hello and welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast series. I'm Dr Andrew Rochford. And before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are broadcasting from and in which you are listening. I wish to acknowledge their continuing connection to land, sea and community, and I pay my respects to them and to Elders past, present and emerging, and extend the respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples joining us today. On today's podcast, I am joined by Regina Cowie, Healthcare Services Manager for API, Ben Wilkins, a pharmacist and clinical reference lead for the agency. He is also the New South Wales Practitioner Member on the Pharmacy Board of Australia. I'm also joined by Dr. Chris Moy, who is the Vice President of the AMA and Clinical Reference Lead for the agency. Pharmacists have asked numerous questions about how repeats work with electronic prescriptions. Today, we are going to answer those questions. And that's why my panel are here. To kick things off, Ben, I'd like to go to you. Once a person collects medicine, how soon will the new token for a repeat supply be generated? Thanks. The token for repeat supply will be generated as soon as the prescription is dispensed by the pharmacy. So just to illustrate that, uh, I'd, I'd like people to think about what we do with a paper script and the ERX code. Uh, of course, when we dispense it and print the label, the repeat authorization is generated and that is exactly replicated with an electronic token or the QR code. Thing that's relevant to discuss for pharmacy staff uh, to explain to customers is when the patient receives that token, which they may get via SMS or, or email, whatever the doctor originally prescribed it as, uh, whichever mechanism, that when they receive that, the medicine actually may not be ready and checked um, and, and the pharmacist is ready to counsel the patient. What it's signifying, of course, is that the repeat has been generated and that's it. So that might be a conversation uh, just to help people understand uh, what's actually occurring with the mechanics uh, and, and something that we all need to be aware of. Thanks, Ben. Uh, Regina, to you now, can a repeat token be reissued by the dispensing pharmacy or the initiating pharmacy? So once you've scan the QR token the queue and had that dispensed and if there are any repeats that can be reissued from that pharmacy that has just dispensed that token and unfortunately if you've had it dispensed initially at another pharmacy you'll need to go back there to get that token reissued if for whatever reason you've had unfortunately deleted your QR token repeat. So the next frequently asked question I'm going to throw to you Chris can the originating prescriber reissue the repeat if the patient loses the token? Or can you do that at the pharmacy side of things? We'll go back to what Regina said. The, the reissue token can really only occur from the pharmacy that last dispensed the medicine. I mean, it's just like it is now. I mean, the, the, the thing that the, G, the GP or doctor can do is to, uh, to uh, reissue a prescription, start again, but they're not really in the position of reissuing the, the repeats. And Chris, uh, I think it's wonderful for patient safety um, that the doctor actually has some control to cease the medicine. So even if there's continuing supplies, but uh, let's say the prescribers change the strength 
or the drug class for a condition um, that the patient safety component is covered because the doctor can actually, uh, regardless of how many repeats are left, they can actually cease that token from being dispensed again. And, and that's actually something that we can't do now, which is one of the benefits of electronic prescribing, that uh, from afar we can actually stop the uh, dispensing of an incorrect medication for the patient and then restart again, which is exactly the way it should be, but which can't do we can't do now because these paper scripts are flying about and um, can be continued. Those repeats can continue on along their merry way. I guess that's one of the interesting practicalities that people don't necessarily think about. And, and given how much of a concern, you know, prescribing and, and medic, medicine issues can be, you know, that, that shouldn't be undervalued, the ability to be able to do that, should it? I think that's completely correct. One of the things that has, with a big change like this, which it is, um, which is a bit like shock therapy for both um, the doctors and the pharmacists and, and the consumers, um, is that we need to in potentially looking at some of the real hassles sometimes that occur at the start, we need to also look at the dangers of the current system. And the current system has problems in itself, um, which includes uh, hoarding of all these repeats and and um, and quite often incorrect um, uh, either medications or dosages, which can, as I said, continue on their merry way and patients can continue to pick them up and uh, be taking the wrong medication and end up in trouble. Absolutely. Uh, Regina, I'd like to ask you, do you need a mobile number in the dispensing software to accept SMS and issue repeats via SMS? This is a good question. So you don't actually require the SMS mobile number to dispense an electronic prescription or create a repeat electronic prescription. However, best practice is to make sure that you store a mobile number and an email address against the patient profile, especially if they're regular patients for you. And the reason you don't require the mobile number is when you scan the QR token, this pulls the information from the prescription delivery service and then any repeat token is sent to the patient and this is handled again through that delivery service. So it's quite interesting, but that communication really is handled automatically by the system. Um, however, going back, it really is best practice to record their mobile number and their email address against their profile within your dispense software. And Regina, it hasn't really been a requirement for pharmacists over the years, but it's really interesting that every other industry collects uh, the client, the customer, the patient's phone number and email. doesn't matter if it's a telco, insurance or whatever, they've all got it. It's probably going to become routine practice uh, in pharmacy over time. And what it's also going to add value when we might need to get an electronic consent in the future uh, or, or register for programs. So although it may not be urgent, um, I just wanted to support your comment that it definitely is best practice and it will become part of our, our normal process in the future. Chris, I'd like to ask you about when patients may need to change their phone number or their email address. Do they need to come back to you as the doctor to have that change made or can the pharmacy make the change? Well, firstly, ideally, 
we you know at the start um, the uh, at the practice level we would have the correct uh, uh, phone and email address and that's a huge piece of work in itself to some degree I think we've come from a world where we've been keeping home phone numbers unfortunately and we're slowly building up this database of, of mobile phones and email addresses but look with respect to the individual prescription um, say if the patient then ends up at a pharmacy and they've actually got a uh, updated mobile number or email address or they need to approach a pharmacy in that way, then the pharmacy can in fact update it for that dispense. But the underlying phone number or um, um, email address which is embedded into the prescription is retained uh, at that stage. Um, the uh, But the only thing that can happen is the pharmacy can override it for that dispense and uh, but not for future supplies. Is this easy enough to do, Regina? It's easy for the pharmacy to update patient details, absolutely, within the dispense software. Remember, prescribing software doesn't, at this stage in time, speak to dispense software. So if there's been an update with the prescriber, the customer will need to inform the pharmacy as well of what the changes are and they update that into their software. For a patient, what will a repeat look like with token scripts? Will it be printed on the yellow forms or just a blank A4 page? Ben, can you answer that one? Andrew, the evidence of prescription to the patient uh, is going to come, as, we're, as we've heard in a lot of the webinars, it's going to come on an SMS, it's going to come on an email, or it could be printed on a piece of paper. So it will actually look the same as the original token or QR code. So what it will add are some words, uh, a text down the bottom uh, below the QR code, which will indicate how many repeats left. Uh, so that's actually going to be a little bit clearer than what we've experienced in the paper world. And we all know customers don't always understand that fully. Now, if the prescriber or the dispenser chooses to print out a QR code, that's fine. The patient technically can have one on their phone or in their mobile app uh, or on their email. They can also have it on a piece of paper printed. They probably won't need it, but they could. Uh, that will generally be printed on an A4 blank page. Uh, the stationary, the yellow forms, repeat authorizations that we're used to, that is not part of what will be used for electronic prescriptions. Uh, so to answer your, your query, if there's a paper version of a token, uh, it'd most likely be on an A4 blank piece of paper. Regina, what are the steps to correct a situation where the pharmacy has sent the repeat tokens to the wrong patient's phone or email? This is a really interesting question because ultimately you'd think there'd be a number of privacy considerations where that token's been sent to an incorrect number or email. Remember the QR token, only has the customer's initials, the drug prescribed strength, quantity and repeats, if any. So there's really no in-depth detail around what that token entails. It's when that token's scanned and the script's pulled from the cloud that you have more um, ability to see what, that, what was prescribed. So the token itself, there's really no privacy considerations on that QR token, but what we need to do is make sure it's sent to the correct phone number or email. So practically we would immediately uh, cancel the dispensing and then correct whatever 
uh, was incorrect. So either the phone number or email, I pop that into and obviously making sure that it then gets sent to the correct customer. If that can't be remedied and the situation is unfortunately unable to be um, rectified, we then obviously cancel the prescription um, and contact the doctor to reissue the prescription and then dispense it and send it to the correct customer. So it can be a little bit fiddly, unfortunately, um, but if you can rectify the situation immediately and that's a tick, um, however, you may need to contact the prescriber to cancel the prescription, which is the beauty of electronic prescribing. Um, once it's cancelled by the prescriber, it's cancelled in the cloud. And even if that QR token was accidentally dispensed by the person who incorrectly received it, it would show up as a cancelled script. Yeah, right. So talking a little bit more about the, the cancellation, Chris, from your point of view, as the prescriber, if you cancel an electronic prescription that's already had repeats issued to the patient, um, as Regina was referencing there, will, will this cancellation affect a whole chain of PPS claiming for the pharmacy if repeats were already issued? Cancellation basically applies only to subsequent repeats, which is common sense and, and will not uh, retrospectively affect the PBS claiming of the prescriptions already dispensed. You really can't do, undo them. They've been dispensed and, and, and they, they're, they're in play already and it will only apply to the subsequent repeats. So and that, that would fit with uh, the way it should be. Absolutely. Ben, you had something to add? Andrew, I think it's really, th th this will be a, a practical situation. I think we need to compare it to what we would do now. And if we put the incorrect repeat uh, authorization and handed that out to the wrong customer, we would take remedial action. Uh, we would deal with the, the customer who was affected and we'd correct it for the, for the patient who got the wrong information. But we really need to be aware of our privacy and confidentiality policies in pharmacy and make sure we follow them and, if necessary, document it as well. Because if you've breached a patient's privacy, uh, I think uh, Chris and Regina have covered, you put all your remedial steps in place uh, and that's terrific. Uh, however, there could be unhappy people about that and it's important that you follow your policies in the pharmacy. Will a reminder be sent to the patient to say it is time to use their repeat token? Look, a, a reminder is really to do with adherence and compliance. Uh, and it's more of a local process. So it's going to depend on the pharmacy uh, and how their system's set up uh, and how they communicate with the patient. So it's not an automatic process that attached to electronic prescriptions that happens in the ether, in the cloud uh, for these reminders. Regina? We strongly encourage repeat reminders in our mm. pharmacy network and this to Ben's point, improves adherence and compliance and ultimately health benefits for the customer. They're taking their medicine as prescribed by their prescriber. We have multiple systems set up to ensure that these customers are receiving either an app push notification and or a SMS reminder, depending on the platform that's used in the pharmacy. So we definitely encourage these and we can see from our compliance rates that they're working to improve the health outcomes of people in our communities. Just to wrap up this podcast on repeats, is there anything you'd like to add, Chris? The way the workflow happens is really 
pretty much in line with common sense. And I think if you look at the way it's constructed, not only is it actually very much in line with the way paper should flow, it does have some checks and balances which are not available um, currently with paper in terms of, for example, being able to interrupt a, 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 a repeat chain of an incorrect um, dosage of a medication, for example, or an incorrect medication, which actually does add some safety aspects as well. So in looking at the way it works at the moment, it is primarily aligned with current workflow, but does even have some extra checks and balances. Ben, some final thoughts from you? Andrew, I think there's an educative process that pharmacies need to keep in mind with their customers. And we started the podcast talking about that. At the point of dispense, the repeat token is generated, the patient will receive that, but the medicine isn't necessarily checked and ready to hand out and ready for counselling to occur. So uh, it's really important for pharmacy staff to, to communicate that well to the customer. The second one that I think we really focused on that stood out for me was identifying the patient. Data integrity is critical. And if we're sending a repeat to the if, if we choose to send it um, outside of the, the, the standard electronic prescription mechanism and you decide to send it locally from your dispense system, it's really important to make sure that number, that email is correct and it's going to the right person uh, with the right information and, and we're, not, um, we're not adding in complexities. So that's a really simple communication as well, just confirming their number or their email. And Regina? My final tips around repeat prescriptions are to start now recording your customers' mobile numbers and email addresses in your dispense software if you haven't already begun to do so. And remember that an electronic prescription always remains an electronic prescription. So if there are repeats, there will be an electronic repeat. You can't go between a paper and electronic prescription. So if the customer presents with a paper prescription, you provide them with paper repeats. If they present with electronic prescription, you provide them with electronic uh, repeats, and that's been one of our frequently asked questions within our network. Repeats are an important part of the electronic prescription cycle, and today we've attempted to answer the questions that the agency has received about repeats. Thank you very much to my panel today, Dr Chris Moy, Ben Wilkins and Regina Cowie. Uh, your insight and knowledge has been hugely valuable. For more information, please visit training.digitalhealth.gov.au. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.